Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're multitasking. But what if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. So multitask right now. Get your quote now at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Don't get me wrong. It would be nice to have money. Don't get me wrong. It would be nice. But, you know what I'm saying, in the, under the circumstances we're in right now, for me, money didn't matter. I wanted to be in Buffalo regardless. If we were getting paid in candy, it'd be even better. I'll stay in Buffalo. You know what I'm saying? Like, it wouldn't be that hard. It wouldn't be that hard for me. If we were getting paid in candy, I'd be like, hey, I'll stay here for the rest of my life if I can. Getting paid in candy. As long as it's not... A giant rainbow lollipop. I could take. You, you can deal with that. And candy depends on how much candy. If I can then resell the candy and have as much or more money as I would have had if they had paid me in money, then I'll do it. Although you get into some logistical issues with the candy. How long is it good for? What's your distribution plan? I'm, I'm being facetious. We, we know. Hey, hey, and I, and he was too. I hope. I hope Isaiah McKenzie was joking. Come on. That they are making, they being management of the team, are making billions off of your efforts. You know my approach, Chris. It's get every penny. I I, I hear that. Wait, so like you know, give me, you know, your top two or three candies that that you like. Like what what's what's something that's kind of on? Like if you're if you're sitting around, let's say on a Saturday, and it's you know college football or basketball is on or whatever. You know, and it's an afternoon. You're like, oh man, I'm gonna you know sit here and suck on this. Like, what is what is Florio going to? I I, I mean, I, I really don't have no something that I have all the time. It, yeah, no, it, me it neither. Changes your taste right. change. You know, I like I like uh, Hershey's Kisses with almonds in them. Oh, okay, with with pretzels. I'll eat those and and pretzels together. Together, uh, which is. Together, you yes. are an old timer. Okay, go, no, no, go, go. Okay, it's the whole chocolate and pretzel combination. Hey, you asked me a question. I I'll know. Give you an okay, answer. well, I'm gonna I like Nestle. Okay. I, I like I like Nestle Crunch. Okay, with pretzels. What? Eat, have have a, have a piece of a Nestle Crunch bar and have a pretzel together. That's a good flavor combination. I dare you to try it. I'm not. I don't like salt and bread with chocolate. I don't know what not that bread. is. Hard. Okay. It's hard bread. Okay. I don't know what the hell that You've, is. If you have you <laughs> never in your forty plus years of living had a chocolate covered pretzel? Is that what you're telling me? A hundred percent is what I'm telling you. There's no way. The, I love a pretzel the, with a lot of salt on it and some mustard, the, but I don't want chocolate on it. The chocolate-covered pretzel is the best. And and that's that's what – if they were going to pay me in candy, just send me cases of chocolate-covered pretzels. That is awesome. So that's my that's my homemade chocolate-covered pretzel. Okay. I get some chocolate, and I eat a pretzel All right. because – if I go buy chocolate-covered pretzels, I eat the whole damn pack right away. Okay, all right. So now I know what to get you for your birthday. I'll do that. That's that's good. I like that. Um, you need to get some chocolate-covered pretzels. No, Mike, I'll send you some chocolate-covered pretzels. Don't, don't waste your time and your money. Well, I'm not your eating it. kid can eat it. I'm then. not eating They're not going to eat it either. They're like their dad. They're going to go, what? Salt and chocolate and this? What the hell is this? I'm not doing that. No way. No I was going to say feed it to the dogs, but it'll kill them. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, no, we won't. We're not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, uh, uh, just thanks for 
for asking my candy since we're good friends. I'll just I was just getting ready to. Oh, I was just getting ready to. You're too busy complaining about chocolate covered pretzels. You're some kind of maniac that has never had a chocolate covered pretzel. No, I ha- I think there's a lot of people that don't do chocolate covered pretzels. Pete, Maybe we need to question. put on a poll. Let's Pete. go. Put it out there. How how many have you eaten a chocolate covered pretzel? Let's see where it goes. I'm going to say more people say no than yes, okay? All right. All right. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Do it. Do it. Do it the way that Chris, it's Chris's Twitter account. Pete, do it the way he specified. Okay. All right. If I'm going candy though, like, like a real, I, I do love peanut butter cups and Kit Kats and all that. But like, I'm talking about like, you know, something you can just suck on and do that. Man, fireballs, Mike. That's my oh, candy right God. there. Oh, oh, I love disgusting. a fireball. I could sit there and suck on those things until my tongue and my upper roof of my mouth there are raw, where I'll wake up the next day and be like, oh, man, my mouth hurts. Uh, I love that. I really do. Do they have that nasty? Is it that nasty hot cinnamon taste? Is that what it is? Yeah, it's a fireball. fireball. It's great. Uh, Great. Oh, it's horrible. Oh, it's horrible. I love cinnamon. Yeah. But you give me that hot cinnamon candy. No, thank you. Never, ever. I've had it. I can't say I've never, ever had it. I've had it enough to know that I hate it. I know that. Atomic Uh, Fireball? Man. Awful. That's great stuff right Um, there. We, we used to buy jawbreakers when I was a kid, which yeah. made no sense. You're trying to break your teeth. Your permanent teeth are finally growing in, so let's go break them <laughs> yeah. on these little on these little buckshot, candy-covered buckshot that you're going to be chewing in your in your mouth. I The Reese Cups are awesome. Yeah, you see, we've we got important That's okay. They're going to they're, they're, The Reese Cups are awesome if you freeze them. You got to freeze them. I'm with you. They are pretty strong that yeah. way. They're really strong. All right, good, good talk, good candy. I'm telling you, I think it's going to be closer, and I think people 40 and under are definitely not going to be voting for the the chocolate covered pretzel. I think they'll be more like me. There's way better candies out there. This ain't 1964 anymore. We don't need chocolate covered pretzels because their parents ate them all. That's (laughs) why they don't know. (laughs) Maybe you're right. (laughs) Uh, All right, uh, free agency. Still plenty of recognizable names available. We're more than a weekend. There have been a ton of transactions. There are a lot of players out there that we know about that have made huge money in their careers that may be destined for Canton and they're available. And who knows when they're going to sign and who knows what they're going to get. And one guy, and I'm fascinated by this development. I know you are. Richard Sherman reportedly open to signing with the Seattle Seahawks. And according to NFL media, the Seattle Seahawks reportedly open to a reunion. This one has many layers and levels that I investigated last night. I mean, on the surface, setting aside any other potential motivations that we will talk about fully and completely, does it make sense at this stage of Richard Sherman's career to want to go to the Seahawks? Does it make sense for the Seahawks to want him back after three years with another team? I think that's a good question. I mean, one, I would say it does make sense from Richard Sherman's standpoint. I do think there th- that makes sense. You know, I, I think he's kind of found out that the market is not quite what he was expecting for his services. I think he's kind of hit that reality. So I, I don't think there's any team he's going to turn down at this point. I, I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's open to anything. Like, please sign me. Somebody give me the money somewhere near the ballpark of what I want. Now, they're still running that same defensive scheme. And when healthy, you know, Richard Sherman's good. He's good. You know, the Super Bowl year threw everybody's perception out of whack. You know, everybody was ranking him again as one of the top corners in football and all of that. And that was, that was ridiculous. He was, real, he was real good. Not great. And he wasn't one of the five best corners in football that year. No. He can't sit there and play man-to-man against the best receivers in football at this point of his career. But he can bring something to that secondary. I mean, when healthy, like I said, there's still a lot of good play there. And, you know, they're, they're a team that you look at them and you go, corner is an issue for their football team altogether. They have a real need there. Now it's just like, Mike, where I think you're hinting at, do they want to deal with all the other stuff? I, I don't know. I, I don't know. What's that relationship like? How close are Russell Wilson and Richard Sherman? I, I don't know. That's, that's all things that kind of like perk percolated through my brain when I heard these type of things. Well, and that was my first thought. I mean, we know it's well documented that there was acrimony at times between 
Richard Sherman and Russell Wilson. And we have to rewind to 2012 when Wilson shows up as a third round draft pick, becomes the starting quarterback. There is natural resentment of a guy who does that and who has that vibe of company man and go Hawks. We've said this before. There were veterans back in those days that would mock him behind his back for go Hawks. They would say it in a high pitched voice behind his back. Uh, you know, he, he in any workplace, there's the one guy who is so good, his mere presence makes others look bad. Yeah. And there is natural resentment of that guy. That's the way the world works. And that's who Russell Wilson was early in his career. And then you fast forward to 2014 season, Super Bowl 49, early 2015. Marshawn Lynch battering Ram down near the goal line, game on the line, chance to repeat as champions. What do they do? Instead of running the ball, they call for a pass. As Marshawn Lynch said on Turkish TV, he doesn't like to talk about that story very much, but he did talk about it on Turkish TV. He thought that, hey, Super Bowl MVP, face of sports in America, somebody didn't want me to be that. So Russell Wilson throws the ball. It gets intercepted by Malcolm Butler, and that becomes something that players on that team, certain players on that team, could never get over, and Richard Sherman was one of them. And 2017, right, when after that season ended, it was time to purge all of the Russell Wilson, I don't want to say haters, but they made it Russell Wilson's team. And 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 I, I'm told that one of the reasons that they're not slamming the door on this, it's a little bit of a, hey, Russell, you know, yeah, you don't Two run the show around this. here. Two can play at this game. Yeah, yeah. And I get and that. and we 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 insulated you from guys like this. We ran off guys like this to make it your team. And now you're going to do this publicly? Well, maybe it won't be your team anymore. Maybe we'll bring back one of the guys who wasn't afraid to say you effing suck when he intercepted a pass that you threw in practice, which Richard Sherman did, and he's admitted to saying that. Yeah, I, I mean, you you said a lot of true things there. You know, yeah, I mean, one, yes, I do think there was some resentment towards Russell Wilson when he first got in the door because, yeah, everyone kind of went goo-goo and gaga over it. You know, remember when he got drafted? Whoa, third-round pick and, oh, quarterbacks this short don't get drafted. They can't be successful. I mean, he was a little bit of a lightning rod topic there. And then, of course, he starts as a rookie. And he did some good things as a rookie. And, I, and, and that was, you know, again, we've talked about this so many times where there, a lot of the guys on the team a little bit are, can have, you know, resentment towards the quarterback anyways because it becomes all the attention about him. Uh, so that does annoy certain guys in the locker room, let alone, I think, a team like that that had really strong personalities, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And I think they were sitting there going, wait, like, Russell's good. We get it. But this team is like Seattle, Legion of Boom. The defense is what's making this thing go. I mean, Russell Wilson didn't have to do a whole lot for them to win that first Super Bowl, if you can remember. And, and not to take anything away from that, but I'm sure that led to that. Let alone Russell Wilson is not, yeah, he's not your typical, hey, let's come over and hang out. I'm going to barbecue and we're going to play video games and drink beers and do all of that kind of stuff. I don't think he's that type of guy either. So he doesn't welcome himself to the locker room that way. And there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, you don't have to be that to be a successful quarterback. But uh, I think it did add to that. And then the Super Bowl thing on top of it, Mike, you're right. I think there's some of that there too. Let alone, I think Daryl Bevel was trying to make a point too about like, hey, look, I'm a great offensive coordinator and I want to be a head coach and all that. So I think that all played into it. And uh, this is interesting. I it's slowly going to turn this year to not Russell Wilson's. T- I mean, I just feel like it, it's over. This is the last year. Maybe he still gets traded around the draft time. I don't know. But I just feel like it's over there in Seattle. Source familiar with the dynamics told me that ultimately the belief is the Seahawks won't sign Richard, Richard Sherman because they won't be able to pay him what he wants. Yeah, I, I can see that. That's what it all comes down to. He's going to have a number in mind that he's not going to deviate from. He doesn't have an agent to tell him, hey, if you want to play this year, you're going to have to soften your expectations. And, Chris, I'll go back to something that I've said multiple times. If Robert Saul is not at the front of the line to sign Richard Sherman to help him implement his defense and create 
a positive impression on young players that are going to be learning that system and just be his guy, be my eyes and ears, be my lieutenant in the locker room. If he's not at the front of the line to sign him, what does that tell you? What does that tell you? He's been his defensive coordinator the last three years, his entire time in San Francisco. The mere fact that the Jets haven't been mentioned, even mentioned as a destination, should tell any other team something. Right. I don't know why I'm choosing my words carefully. I guess I don't want to get into any Twitter fights with Richard Sherman today or any day. Yeah. But the fa- but this would apply to anybody. Look, I mean, Solomon Thomas was available and and Robert Sala didn't make a beeline for him. I just think that that those things are telling when you have a coach who's trying to implement the best way he can his system in a new place. And he's got guys that he just coached that he just worked with whose efforts helped him get that job. And he's not rushing to bring them with him. I think that I think that tells us something. Well, it, I I don't disagree with you. I, I'm not going to say I totally agree with you there. I think you're right in some aspects. I do think too. You know, sometimes when you're a new coach like Robert Sala too, he wants his defense to create its own ad- identity and some of these guys to step up to be the next Richard Sherman, knowing that a Richard Sherman is, might only be around for a year or two. And hey, he's a strong personality. He's a star in the league. You know, so he's one of those guys, too, that, you know, they could feel if you're a new coach, you could be like he could kind of squash the personalities of some of the other guys we have in the secondary who are young and up and coming leaders and doing that type of stuff. But I think also your point is very real, too, Mike. And really, you could go farther than that. I mean, come on. How many damn Seattle coaches are around the league coaching defenses right now? I mean, with Dallas, Dan Quinn's there. We don't hear them talking about him. You know, I know he did go visit the Raiders and did all of that, but did he visit the Raiders? I thought he went there he and that, uh, the maybe Raiders. I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. No, maybe Gruden, I'm just, Gruden, maybe Gruden there's the tampered Gruden tampering with him I don't know why yeah. I thought maybe he visited there at one point early on. There was on a the connection process. to the Saints. There was a connection to the Saints because of Chris Richard, but that kind of came and went. Right, right. So, I mean, again. I think, I think once he found out what the Saints had budgeted, that went. Yes. And, uh, I, you know, again, this current market, I, I just can't imagine him getting much more than, I don't know, four, five million dollars, maybe not even that at this point. You know, you haven't played a lot of football in two out of the last three years. And the one year, yes, was good. But as we explained already, come on. I mean, that was like an, an, a remarkable defense that year by the 49ers. It was the, one of the better pass rushes we've seen. It was a better pass rush than the, 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 the Seahawks had during the Legion of Boom. I mean, that was up there with like the Broncos of 2015 type pass rush, what the 49ers had that year. So that makes life easier at corner too. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, I think it's going to be one of those where he waits a while and finally realizes it, and then a team goes, okay, here, and he, he kind of just comes to the realiza- realization. I've danced around this before, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It was my understanding heading into the 2019 season where he did have the rebirth fueled by the pass rush, was second-team All-Pro, was a pro bowler, unlocked millions in incentives under the contract he negotiated for himself going into the 2018 season. It's my understanding if Jason Verrett had stayed healthy, Jason Verrett was signed to replace Richard Sherman, and Sherman was going to be gone before week one. I don't expect you to say anything because you know Kyle Shanahan, but it's my understanding from people other than you that Verrett was brought in so they could move on from Richard Sherman after one season. They were ready to move on after one season, and then he had the big season in 2019. They kept him for 2020, and Richard's always been the one who's said, this is over, this is over, I'm moving on, I'm moving on, and the 49ers haven't said anything. The 49ers are not unhappy for him to move on, and I'll leave it at that. I, Mike, I, you know, yeah, I've heard the same things you have, and I can say that because I, I didn't hear them from the 49ers. I know, you know, I, I know other people in the league and things like that. So I just I, don't want to put you in a bad spot. I know, spot I hear you. Because everyone's going to think you got it from Kyle. I know, I can't say anything about them with them thinking that. And I, 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 I try to tell everybody all the time, like, the guy tells me nothing about his football team. It's, it's really rare that we even talk about that. And especially this time of the year when, hey, his life is important and he's trying to figure out a lot of things. He doesn't want to tell me, Johnny Big Mouth, TV guy, what his <laughs> formula is. So that's not going to happen. But I, I heard from say, you know, some, some, some people in the league, those same type of rumors there, that, yeah, if Verrett didn't get hurt, that Richard Sherman could have been in trouble. There's no doubt. Um, another guy that played for the 49ers 
was drafted by the 49ers the same year Richard Sherman was drafted by the Seahawks, had 42 sacks in his first 43 regular season games. Alden Smith played for the Cowboys last year, and they're changing out their defense. And even though Alden Smith showed us something, played in 16 games, I think ran out of gas. No doubt. Because he hadn't played in five years, and he looked like he was – on the wrong side of out of shape for most of the year, a little puffy, a little thicker than he was when he was, uh, you know, the angular sack master for the 49ers 2011 through 2013. There were multiple reports yesterday that the Cowboys aren't bringing him back. And I don't think anyone's surprised by that. They would have brought him back by now if they were bringing him back. And I actually think they did him a favor because it injected him into the news cycle. And now everyone's reminded that Alden Smith, who ended up being a very good story last year and a great comeback story for the NFL, is available as one of the pass rushers out there on the market that has yet to be accounted for. And I, you know, I'm rooting for this guy. Anytime you can I see a guy you. who's gone through what he's gone through and turned his life around, right. that is something that the NFL should be celebrating. Forget about the bad stuff in the past. Celebrate the fact that this guy's turned his life around. Yeah, I hear you. That's, he's easy to root for. He definitely is because of what he's gone through. There's no doubt about that. I think really, you know, you you kind of said it. You know, one, they're trying to kind of revamp their defensive line to a degree, I think, there in Dallas. They got a different defensive coordinator there in Dan Quinn. Alden Smith doesn't necessarily fit that type of defensive scheme. You know, again, it's the Seattle scheme. They want kind of like smaller speed pass rushers, you know, the famous wide nine technique. You know, wide nine technique means that he's not on the outside edge of the tackle. He's like, let's pretend there's another tackle out there and he's on the outside edge of that guy. That's not Alden Smith's, like, game. That's not what he's made for. Uh, You know, his glory days with the 49ers, he was a 3-4 outside linebacker and, and got to come off the edge that way. There's still, I think, value and, and, and a guy like Alden Smith with what he could do in that type of system. I mean, he's still got great strength. He can set the edge in the run game. You know, he adds a little value in the pass rush. But, yeah, he's not the pass rusher he once was. Yeah, I just hope he gets to, to be on a football team. I don't think he's going to get signed to be a starter anywhere, but a guy that can add valuable minutes and depth to a football team. Yeah, they all should be looking for a rotation of seven or eight guys. Yeah. And he, he was very disruptive in September against the Seahawks in week three. He That's was awesome. Right. He should have been the NFC Defensive Player of the Week for that game. He should have been the NFC Defensive Player of the Month, frankly. And uh, I don't know whether his history affected him. Basically, the league office decides who gets those awards. It's not voted on or anything. But we, we should be celebrating these guys despite their past and because of their past, because they've turned around their past, because they put it behind them, I think that, that guys like Alden Smith should be championed, not, uh, not forgotten. Um, Jadavian Clowney seems like he's forgotten early in free agency every year, and then he pops up with some sort of a splash late. Two years ago, it was that trade when he was franchise tagged to Seattle. Last year, he was a late training camp, no preseason, but close to the start of the regular season edition by the Titans. Now... Visited the Cleveland Browns, left without a deal. How about the Browns with Miles Garrett, good God, on one side, and Jadavian Clowney moving around wherever you want to put him. They've added Tack McKinley, but he's not Jadavian Clowney no. if Clowney's healthy. Yeah. Clowney's got to be healthy. That's that's the, the, the lure has got to be. You're watching film of Clowney saying, my God. But but then you got to accept the fact that he's going to go stretches – of the season yes. and not be at 100%. I, I, exactly. I think that's the, exactly the problem. I think it's another case here, too, where a guy walks into a building and he realizes the market's not anything what he was expecting it to be. And it's, it's you know, even though I, I, I'm Jadeveon Clowney, I've got to think he's about a little realistic about, hey, I do have a really big-time injury history. You know, even in Seattle two years ago where he did a lot of good things, man, I mean, it, it – Still was a lot of weeks of being banged up, hurt, not being able to play that year, right? I mean, there was really only a handful of like really special games or moments all together. So with what we've seen, the lack of money given to talented in their prime type of players who have no injury right now in the NFL, uh, again, I think that that's one of those where it just it pops out where he he's probably like, what? 
That's all you're going to offer me? Hold on a second here. He would be awesome coming off the edge other opposite of Miles Garrett. Again, hey, there's another team running the Seattle scheme. They're not interested in Richard Sherman either, Joe Woods and all that. He came from the 49ers. But, you know, Clowney, again, is, like you said, when healthy, is a difference maker coming off the edge. He's special that way. But I, I just can't imagine anybody giving him big money uh, in a year like this. I know it is just amazing to think of what he can do when he's at his best. I still think about that Monday night game against the 49ers, 49ers right? When he was with the Seahawks, that that was a that was amazing to force performance. But the end he was hurt the was, next week, right? He started to develop a sports hernia right. in the aftermath of that game or during that game. I think he said at one point he felt it for the first time during that game. And it's unfortunate. He was the first overall pick in the draft, and he was well compensated, but not like the first overall pick used to be before they put in the rookie wage scale. He never got a big second contract. And it's not like he's we're, – we're not, we're, not, we're not saying the guy's going hungry. It's just a shame that he hasn't gotten the financial compensation that a guy with his talent and ability – deserves but the problem is when you have these health questions it's hard to get a long-term deal he's he we've said this before he's perpetually going to be a one-year deal guy for the rest of his career Chris. I, I think so most likely until he could show like oh wait he's definitely healthy he played 16 games last year then you might see him get a two or three year deal to go along with that but mike i mean you're spot on one it stinks you know i i, I do i i hear you i feel for you i mean this guy i mean feel for him that way He's special, and he's way better than people even realize, as we've talked about before, too. Because when he is healthy, he is another one of those guys that's the king of the F to play up. Yeah, he might not get 12 and 15 sacks a year, but he's one of those guys you turn on the film and you go, whoa, run play, minus three yards. Wait, uh, whoa, that was Clowney. He messed that play up. Oh, quarterback throws the ball out of bounds. Uh, Oh, that was Clowney who got in there and made the quarterback have to throw the ball away. There's just so many plays like that. He's got incredible play strength for a guy his size. He's a 265-pound guy that has the strength of a 310-pound guy and then has the speed of a guy who's 240 pounds. It's just really, really rare. Total freaking nature. But the injury bug has got him, and that's going to scare a lot of teams in this year like this. And the Browns, come on now. The Browns are close. They're close. They need to get somebody on the other side of Miles Garrett that they can depend on to play the whole year. I mean, they're they're kind of like you look at their team and you start to go, oh, window, you're in the window here, and they could do something special. I'm excited to see what that next move will be to get them another pass rusher. So many pass rushers available. A couple of others in the news recently. Melvin Ingram visited the Chiefs, left without a deal, mm. and Ryan Kerrigan, uh, a great pass rusher with Washington, he visited the Bengals. But a lot, a most important position defensively, second yeah. most important position, I believe, on the team. So many of those guys available this year. Let's take a break. Corners and safeties. Chris has ranked them. We're going to find out which cornerback in this current upcoming draft reminds Chris of Jalen Ramsey. We'll do that plus more when PFT Live continues right after this. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. People don't realize it's just a draft. Like, you still got to go play football after this. So, it don't, it don't bother me too much, man. I'm... 
I'm not saying I'm the best defensive player in the draft. That's not a you know a statement to get teams to be like, ooh, he got good confidence. Like I actually feel that way. So no matter if I'm first round, seventh round, undrafted, when I step on the field, you know, I'm gonna show that. And you know, in a couple years we'll we'll all get to see him uh you know, experts wrong all the time. So we'll see. J.C. Horn displaying the kind of confidence you have to have. Got to. To be successful in professional sports. Confidence bordering on delusion. Sometimes it's warranted. Sometimes it isn't. We'll find out from J.C. Horn and the rest of the guys entering the draft at the very important positions of corner and safety. Chris unveiled on his podcast yesterday his top corners and his top safeties entering the draft. Uh... And I don't see J.C. Horn on your list of top corners. So you're one of the experts he's already calling out, (laughs) Chris. Right. Right. He's he's keeping a list like Ryan in the office when, uh, you know, he had his downfall and he's got his pen and paper and he marks, you know, he's marks off the name of everyone who who has wronged him. Why is he not on your list? Keeping a list, checking it twice, trying to find out who's naughty and nice. That's what he's doing, right? I mean, first off, I, I like the player. I do. He's got incredible size and strength combination. That's where he is. But to me, again, you know, you heard my little explanation a little bit on my podcast and what I look for in corners. There's not enough top end speed for me to make him a first round corner. He's a specialized corner. He'd have to play in maybe a Seattle scheme or he's going to have to match up against only the big receivers or the tight ends to me. It's just not enough pure like straight ahead explosion. Not good enough at coming out of cuts and and accelerating to break on the ball. You know, it's just that that's my concern there. And that's what I'm about with corner. You know, that's again where I go to corner. You talk about the top corners in football. You know, in the history of the sport too. They're running 4-3. They're running low 4-4s four and they play faster than the low 4-4. Four four. When you're running 4-5 or high 4-4s four or high 4-5s, I'm just you're going to how you're going to cover Tyree Kill? You're going to you're going to cover Odell Beckham Juniors of the world and Stephon Diggs and those guys? No, you're not. And that's where I always come back to. And to me, yes, that's the number one thing I look for. It is such a critical position. It and is. it's so difficult because the receiver always knows where he's going. Right. The corner doesn't. And there's only so much you can glean from film study. The best receivers are not going to have any tells, any indication, any hint as to where they're going to go. They're trying to sell you that they're going out when they go in. Right. They're trying to sell you they're going short when they go long. And they are incredible physical specimens and you are too but they have the advantage because they know where they're going and it is a natural disadvantage and i think it makes it even more important to to have this to gravitate toward fast guys who can recover when the receiver zigs when the corner thought maybe he would zag gilmore jair alexander marshawn Lattimore. You know, Marlon Humphrey, William Jackson, who just signed the big contract, Byron Jones, they're all high 4-3 guys. They're all high 4-3 guys. How do you expect a guy to cover a guy who runs 4-3 or 4-4 flat when the guy covering him, like you said, doesn't know where he's going and he runs 4-5? You know, that's the big thing. And, you know, like we have a question from at Kmart2180. I want to read this. He goes, "Where do you rank or where do you rank JC Horn if he's not in your top 6?" I'm also confused with your emphasis on speed. Richard Sherman always ranks as the top cornerback in every category and he's not a blazing speed man. Yeah, he's a system fit. He is a system fit. There's a reason you've only seen him in the Seattle scheme because he doesn't he's not a great man-to-man corner. If he had to play in Baltimore or New England, uh, or 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 Kansas City as much as they play man-to-man, it ain't going to work, buddy. That's what I'm telling you. So that, to me, you know, again, I really like Richard Sherman. He's going to the Hall of Fame, but for me, too, he's also a hair overrated that way because it, it is only a system bit. I bring guys to go, they fit in any system, man-to-man every play. They could play the Seattle scheme if they had to, but really Seattle schemes – they don't look to they don't look to get usually top end corners a whole lot because they go we don't play man so I don't want to get a top end corner 
You know, so that that that's my answer to that. I like J.C. Horn. He's right past those top six. He's seven or eight for me. But yes, he's not a first round talent just because of that. You know, lack of what we talked about there. Of the corners, and we've got the list. We'll put it back up. Which of the ones that you've evaluated reminds you of one of the best corners currently in football? Rams cornerback Jalen Rams. Oh, it's the guy right at the top there, Mike. This this kid's the real deal. Holyfield. You know, Caleb Farley from Virginia Tech. He didn't play last year. But, hey, we saw Jeffrey Okuda go at number three last year, and I go, well, then this guy could go number one. I don't know. I mean, this guy's a he's a freak. I have not seen a corner this big be able to move like this since Jalen Ramsey in a lot of ways, and I'm, I'm going to say this because you know I got a man crush on Jalen Ramsey. He moves better than Jalen Ramsey did coming out of Florida State. I was blown away. I knew there was hype around this guy, but when I turned it on, I just went, whoa, he's big, he can fly, he could stick his foot in the ground and drive on the ball like a top-tier wide receiver. He's got really good ball skills, and he's kind of just doing it raw. Like, he hasn't been taught a whole lot yet. And, Mike, I'm big on, again, going back to the aspect of, like, hey, you got that guy. When I see colleges start doing that, I go, oh, they, they know he's kind of special. He can do that. And he's one of those guys. Question. Answer. Would you take Caleb Farley over Zach Wilson? Uh, <laughs> no, I would not. And a little bit because of the reason. First off, you know I love Zach Wilson. I think he's a superstar. But it, the Jets are going to run that Seattle scheme. They're not a huge man-to-man football team. That's not what they do. So I don't think they're going to value a number two pick for the corner position like that. Let's talk about safety for a minute or two. We have the board of your rankings there. My question is, which one reminds you of Jamal Adams? And my guess is, whoever it is, he's probably the top guy on your list. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're right. I think it would be Cisco is like that proto Andre Cisco from Syracuse is that prototypical guy. Now here, there's a little, you know, hitch in the giddy up here because he tore his ACL, you know, last year, but man, when you talk, when I'm, when we're saying like Jamal Adams and you ask me that question, what I'm thinking of a guy who got great speed, a ball Hawk and will absolutely knock your head off. If you come into the hole or there's a pulling guard or doing something like that. Cisco is like that. Cisco's like rocked up, like a Jamal Adams, and you got to be if you're going to be that type of safety. And I would say with Jamal Adams, maybe he's not quite as good as – or not as big as Jamal, but he's faster than Jamal. Cisco is one of those guys when you turn on the film, you go, I think he might run 4.38, 4.39, something like that. He's that kind of speed. He was – he was really special. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I think the, the only thing I question is just you know where teams feel about his injury and stuff like that. J.C. Horn is the son of Saints receiver Joe Horn. Patrick Sertain, the second Alabama corner, the son of Patrick Sertain, who was a great corner in his day. What do you what do you see in him? Well, I I, I mean, he's he is a technician and we talked a little bit yesterday, right, because of his pro day and stuff. I mean, the size, you know, unbelievable hips. He's great at, again, being able to put his foot in the ground and not take a lot of wasted steps and drive on the ball. The, my only concern with Sertain is what you heard yesterday, and this is why I have him number three behind Tyson Campbell and Caleb Farley, is just the pure speed element. You know, I know he, he ran 4-4-2 at, the, at his pro day. I would again like to remind everybody, 4-4-2 is 4-5-2 at the NFL Combine. All the really smart defensive coaches and secondary coaches are going to add a tenth to that time to go, nah, that's not real. 4-4-2 at your pro day is not not the same thing. So he's a top 15 pick. I'm, I really like the guy. But as far as like Caleb Farley or the guy Tyson Campbell in front of him, who has a lot of the same measurables he does, you know, they just have better pure speed and acceleration and explosion, and that's why I ranked them ahead of him. Um, overall, this class, you know, yeah. we've talked about how many great receivers there are. There's going to be a bunch of quarterbacks in round one. This class of corners and safeties, how does it compare to others? Yeah, that's a good question. I think the, the, the top-end corners are really damn good. Like, I like these three, Caleb Farley, Tyson Campbell, and Sertain, better than I like the top three last year, and I was a big fan of 
you know, EJ Henderson and, and AJ Terrell. I love them. I mean, I ranked them in front of Akuda. Uh, I think these three are pretty special. I will say at the corner position, I think there's a little bit of a drop-off after these six. Uh, safety this year, Mike, that was the one where I just felt like it was a never-ending list. That was one where I kept looking at it and going, man, here's, here's another good one. Whoa, he's number nine on my list here, but he, he's gonna be, he could be a starter next year and be good for a football team. So the safety is the position where I think there's a lot of guys that have versatility aspects, and it's just going to be about how a team views the safety and how they want to use them all together. Last night yeah. was the anniversary of the debut of The Office, which, if you haven't heard us mention it, is available exclusively on Peacock uh, for, for streaming options. We're going to have a draft that is inspired by The Office. I'm not quite sure how this is going to go. I don't know either. I've brainstormed some possibilities. The The draft is the people we'd want from the NFL circles to be our boss. It may be a better draft if we do the people we wouldn't want from NFL circles to be our <laughs> yeah. boss. But we're going to do we're going to be positive today. The NFL folks we would want to be our boss will be the draft that we do next here on PFT Live. People say, I am the best boss. They go, God, we've never worked in a place like this before. You're hilarious. And you get the best out of us. Um, I think that pretty much sums it up. I found it at Spencer Gifts. Michael Scott, the regional manager of Dunder Mifflin Paper, 16th anniversary yesterday of the premiere of the American version of The Office. There is an awesome English version of The Office as well, although, frankly, you may need subtitles if you're an American viewer to understand exactly what they're saying on the English version of The Office. Sometimes it's a little bit hard to follow in that respect. I've tried. Do they think – did they have that problem with us sometimes, I wonder, like where they're going, like, that's not English. We invented the language, and I don't know what the well, hell they're yes, talking about. yes, with you for entirely different <laughs> reasons yeah, than accent. That's for sure. <laughs> we know that. <laughs> Taking me out of the equation – because you're right. Like, I watch like – uh, yeah, we'll we'll pull that next week. I'd like to know that from our our England watchers, our UK watchers, if they because there are shows. You're right in in England, like The Crown or things like that that I watch, and I'm like, wait, what? What the hell did she just say? I don't understand that. One of the things that I enjoy about the topics that we trip over that instantly become poll questions on your Twitter page that I then retweet. The people who aren't watching the show, and there are many of them. They're wondering what in the hell is wrong with us that we're asking these random, bizarre questions in a morning. It's like, folks, these are all coming from, you know, our organic discussions during PFT Live. So today's draft, the NFL people you would want to be your boss. And uh, I've got some possibilities here, and I'm not quite sure how this is going to go. Chris, you've got a trivia question for me. Not the first pick matters at all today, but no. it's our ritual. Go ahead, ask me the question. We'll see if I get the first pick. Okay. When Michael fires Devin instead of Creed in the second season of The Office, what does Devin do to Michael's car? I don't know this. Like I've told you. Oh, I, I know, know this. Oh, know? I know this. Okay. I know it. I've seen it recently. He busts a pumpkin all over it. He busts a pumpkin all over it. Wow, way to go. Yes. You're really yeah. You're all, has this supplanted Seinfeld as your new Seinfeld now to where you're watching this and like you're going to know every episode here soon? It's equal. It's equal. It's equal. I got to yeah. get on I got to get on the office. I really do. My wife and I have been watching the office just kind of as filler like if we watch a movie and we still got time before it's time to go to bed, we'll watch an episode of The Office and we're yeah. working our way through it on Peacock. And, you know, season three, the Superfan cuts extended episodes. If you've seen them all before, you haven't seen them, at least for season three. And my understanding is eventually other seasons will have these extended cuts because there's a lot more that they shot that didn't fit into a half hour show. So uh, there's our we've done our corporate duty now we can move on to the draft, although the entire draft is an extension of our corporate duty to hype the office. First pick for me. Oh, good God. Uh, I got to go Jerry Jones just because of the boat. Two, re two reasons. I, I assume I would get on the yacht at some point, and that would be reason enough 
to work with Jerry Jones. Second of all, just being around him, you're going to get smarter from a business standpoint. I think Bill Parcells in his autobiography talks about all the investments that he made at the advice of Jerry Jones, the things he learned from being around Jerry Jones from a business standpoint. I mean, the guy is a brilliant business person. He's become kind of a caricature over the last 32 years, and that's what happens when you're just front and center, soaking up attention, looking for publicity for your football team. You are going to have that reaction. He doesn't care. He's selling the NFL. He's selling the Cowboys. He's selling himself, and he's made billions. I think I would like to learn a little bit about business being around Jerry Jones. I, I hear you there. I mean, there's there's a lot of good, and there's a reason a lot of his ex-players are in love with him and as loyal as they can be because because of the way he treats you. So I, I hear you, and you're right. There's probably a lot we could learn from from a lot of different angles that, that he's attacked life. Um, and also, also yeah. good places to find wine, cheap, gas stations, etc. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he's got all the tricks. Don't you worry. He knows how to drill for oil, find deals, do it all. He knows how to do it all. All right, I think my first pick, I'm going to go with the Super Bowl head coach. I'm going to go with Bruce Arians. I mean, I just feel like we're a match made in heaven. That's why. He likes to curse. I like to curse. He likes to retox. I like to retox. I just think it would be too much fun. You know, again, he's a Jersey guy, so I think there's a part of me there that loves that aspect of him. But anything I've ever heard you know, about him and just being around him a few times really quick at the combine. That's all I really know. I just, I love being around him. I do. I could see why people want to work for him and do all that. Like here, here's the, here's the great thing he said to me at the last combine, right? He goes, I go, I said something like, Hey, you still got pictures of me up in the facility. And he looked at me and he went, yeah, in the training room. <laughs> that was awesome. I was like, that's my kind of guy right there. You know, yeah, I almost died, but you, you put me in the training room. Fine. He's on my list too. Yeah. And the big difference between him and you, with you, there's detox. With him, it's just uh, all yeah, It's all retox. There's never detox yeah. <laughs> right. with You're Bruce right. Arians. One of, right. one of his great lines is, rum and coke is the drink that he drinks when he's not drinking. Um <laughs> Okay, you, you took him off my list. Uh, I'm going to go Jim Ursay for one very important reason. I assume that Jim Ursay would not have a problem with me going in and messing around with all of his expensive musical instruments when he's not in the office because he's got a museum of expensive musical instruments. And, you know, you go strum on someone's guitar, Jimi Hendrix's guitar, and go play John Lennon's piano. That would be kind of cool. And also, I mean, look... Jim Irsay seems like, at his core, a good guy yeah. and would be a fun guy to work with I and get a fun guy to be around. Right. And, you know, he I even though sometimes the confidence in the team is a little bit unwarranted, I, I'd rather be around somebody who's inherently optimistic than somebody who's inherently pessimistic like I usually am. I'm with you, and he's always trying to support the team and spend money and do those type of things, you know? You know, he, he'd probably throw a few drinks back with you. I mean, we, we know he likes to party a little bit. And, hey, I mean, the guy has his own glassed-in case in the suite in Indianapolis so he could smoke cigarettes while he watches the game. I mean, that, is, that just – is that the baller boss move of all time? That is a unbelievable thing. So – uh, that, that's, so basically, it's it's a cigarette version of the Pope Mobile. It, it, it really is. I've seen it, you know, being in the stadium there before on that level, and I was like, "What is that?" And they were like, "Oh, that's Ursay's box." And I was like, "Holy crap! He's got a whole, inf you know, filtration system and this whole little thing just for him." So that's that's when you know you're a ball a baller. Um, okay, my next one, I think I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with Andy Reid. You know, I just Andy Reid is just it's it's too too good of a guy just you know easy to get along with you know make jokes yeah he loves football he empowers his players to give him ideas he's got all these crazy you know trick plays and things they have fun with I just look at him and think that would be great to play for him because of the way he kind of approaches work on a day-to-day -day basis let alone I mean come on now you know, if you get a case of the munchies, there's nobody you'd rather hang out with than Andy Reid for me. I mean, he's going to have great food, great catering, all Does that. He he's going to have all the spots, all of them. What? I don't know. He may not share. 
he might not share, but he's got a lot of money, so he can buy me some too, or you know, uh, we'll we'll do it together. But either way, I uh, I love me some Andy Reid and just the way he kind of carries himself and treats people. If I was a snarky jerk, the the my next point, my <laughs> my next pick would be Jack Easterby because my argument would be he has no idea what he's doing, so he would have no idea whether or not I know what I'm doing. So the bar would be low, but that's not my pick because that's not the way I am. Pete Carroll is my pick because that guy has so much natural energy. And, you know, as human beings, you feed off of that when you're around people who are just positive and up all the time. And, and, and that's, that's, you know, on, on a day when you're kind of dragging a little bit, you're around someone like that and he's got that high energy that, that, that's important. You need to find a way to muster your own energy. And sometimes if you're around somebody who naturally has that energy, you don't need to to start your own lawnmower. He's going to start it for you. Yeah, I I, I hear you there. there I, he was on my list just because of that energy and the way he is and, you know, bounces around and does all those type of things. Uh, I, I, I get that all the way. He, he trans the transformation of Pete Carroll from Guy who isn't in the stadium and isn't around football to guy who is around football continues to amaze me. I'm telling you, when you see him away from football, he's like a mob boss who's on trial and is trying to make it look like he's old and decrepit so they wouldn't think he's a mob boss. And then (laughs) as soon as it's go time, he's jumping around, bouncing around, throwing footballs, running around. It's amazing to see that transformation. No, it it is. You're right. Uh, It is. It's it's amazing that way, and he's always like that. My last pick, though, I'm going to go with Sean Payton. Sean Payton, to me, Johnny Psycho, scientist in the lab all the time, inventing these crazy plays, you know, swears, cusses, real football guy. And I feel like there's a you can make a connection on a human level, too, where it's not always just coach talk. So like Sean Payton a lot. All right. We got to take a quick break. We've talked too much, as usual. More PFT Live right after. Well, it wasn't as bad as it's been for other poll questions where Chris's side loses miserably, but I don't know how he underestimated America and anyone else answering the poll question on Twitter. Have you ever eaten a chocolate-covered pretzel? It was a landslide, and people answering no are bots. I agree with that. <laughs> there's there's plenty of good responses, not all of which we can put This on explains some or, of his QB takes. Bucks 2829. You mean when I'm right about the quarterbacks all the time? Shut your mouth, Bucks 2829. Shut your freaking mouth. You're wrong. And I want to know how I'm old these people are that are voting. <laughs> Enjoy your weekend, Chris. I, will. I dare you. Eat a chocolate covered pretzel. See, See everybody else on Friday. <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.